So a funny thing happened the last time we recorded, Shane. What's that? Um, I did all the recordings, and I was running my backup and everything. We finished up, and I essentially just, like, closed my laptop and walked away. Right. You know, just put it to sleep. So uh-huh. a few days later, um, I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing the editing on this episode. And I open it up, and I start doing the editing, and my fucking laptop battery is just dying. Just, like screaming down to nothing and i'm like what the fuck is happening with this thing why is the battery gone to shit so i see what programs are running and i had happened to left the program running that records the um the screen and all the audio inputs on the laptop and it it had about a 10 hour 1080p video recording of oh my god (laughs) it was like 200 gigabytes. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ, man. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. So, uh, yeah. I uh, I deleted that backup pretty quick. Fucking hell. Note to self, shut down the backups after we're done recording, too. That's going to be a new note. Yeah, also, shut down backups after recording so nobody hears your marathon sex sessions. <laughs> you know what? I did not even think about that. <laughs> probably was sitting here open at some point. See, it's the little things, Ryan. <laughs> All right. Let's see. That's running. I don't think I need this, do I? No. Mike, I think we're going to have to chip in and get Shane a new lighter. Yeah, I was just thinking that. It's getting ridiculous. Oh, shut up. It's absolutely <laughs> fine. None of the flint is on its way. And all the flints are on the other side of the room, and I can't be bored to go and get one. I don't know what that, any of that means, yeah. but we're just going to get you a new lighter. No need. I have about 15 somewhere. I just have to find the ones that Ziggy hid. Ziggy likes to take my lighters and play hide and seek with them. As in, he hides them, I have to go fucking seek him out. Little shit. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. It's coming. There's another one coming? I uh, Not anymore. Oh. oh. I'm sorry. I'm disappointed. I have all this hype. Let's die, Mike. Let's die, man. I haven't been... Uh, gas you lately i've been on keto for the last week so i haven't uh, been uh eating that savagely you know yeah i'll tell you, tell you what if we were recording this yesterday you would have heard a whole different side to my bowel movements no way i was shit my pants yesterday again hey, that's, a, that's pretty impressive yeah well like, like i said i'm on keto so i have a lot of like leafy greens like uh i made a big mac salad so I have, uh, I ate like this entire bag of lettuce and there's a lot of fiber in it. So I was sitting on Val's couch yesterday and I went to throw out a fart and it burned instead of, was <laughs> and I look at her and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I got to take a shit. And I look at her and she's like, well, I got to pee. I'm like, well, that's I have, bad. I probably have to, too, from just from my ass. So she went to pee real quick and I went and. I peed. You peed through your ass. Yes, I did. <sighs> Anal evacuation, first class. I mean, that'll happen ah. sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. 
All oh. right, I got so much shit. I feel like my screen is just a disaster. Does it look like something out of The Exorcist? No, Shane. Are you, it's, it, are you talking about my shit or Brian? <laughs> <laughs> it was like an upside-down exorcist. Oh, right. It just reminds me of that episode of the IT crowd. So, <laughs> it's not my fault you have a laptop that looks like something out of The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using that phrase a lot lately. It's been quite funny. <sighs> All right. You got everything in order. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shane, did you do any prep? I did, as a matter of fact. Uh, whoa, awesome. Hang on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was startling. Thank you. <laughs> Needed that. <laughs> At least I didn't follow through this time. Oh my god. When you're four, when you're over forty, you can never gamble a fart. That's good advice for anyone. Mm-hmm. I still got ten years for that, so <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy my ass when I can. It's only gonna. It only takes one slip. That's all it takes. <laughs> one slip, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna play it safe on this one now. Oh fuck! That stinks, Jesus. Oh. That one's a Hummer. A Hummer? Yeah, that stinks. A Hummer or Hammer? Are you getting a Hummer, Hummer right now? No, I'm not getting a Hummer right now, you fucking pervert. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't see. We only see the top of your head. We don't know what else is going on down there. Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast, with your host, Ryan Shane and Mike. Uh, welcome to episode 48 of All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Tudelo, and joining me today are my two co-hosts, Mr. Michael Whittemore and Shane Smith. Gentlemen, we're back. It's been like two months, I think, since the three of us got together. Yeah, no exaggeration. <laughs> Probably not, actually. <laughs> but we'll, we'll pull it together and we'll uh, we'll have our best show yet. We've already got some great farts and burps recorded, so... We should wait for the 50th episode to have a good episode. Oh, fuck yeah. I wasn't going to suggest, actually, we need to do something. We need to do something special for the fans for the 50th episode. For the fans? For the 10 people yeah. that listen to us, including us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. do you want to do? Yeah, you have any ideas, or you're just saying it? I'm just saying that I think Ryan should pull that fucking special out of all the farts and burps. <laughs> That's right. Tagged on as an extra. I keep adding to it. It is hysterical, and I love it. It's like one of my favorite things that we've done over the course of like three, two, three years, whatever it is, is, is build a compendium of farts and burps. <laughs> it's just I know. So are you going to randomize it, or are you going to like these are um, Shane's, these are Ryan's, these are? So I it started off in just sort of a random order, um, but then I what I've been doing lately is I've just been keeping it in catalog order. 
But there's there's one finisher that's hysterical that always goes at the end. Like that's just gonna be that's the grand finale, you know, when like the fireworks are going off yeah. on the fourth of July. Alright, so who's that from? It's actually just one of the closers that Mike has. It's he says <laughs> we we finished recording an episode and Mike said, Wow, I can't believe that actually turned out pretty good for how terribly pre- ill prepared we were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. So, all right. Um, so, yeah, we are the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. Um, we like to talk about horror movies, uh, talk shit to each other, uh, various other nonsense, including but not limited to music, games, comic books, and uh, books, and pretty much anything else that happens to come up. Uh, you can Belching. Belching all the time. Uh, you can catch us on our Gmail at allyouneedisbloodpod at gmail.com. Our Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. Uh, we're on Instagram, All You Need Is Blood Pod. And uh, you can hear this podcast. If you're listening to it somewhere you don't want to listen to it, you can get it on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Um, there might be another one I don't remember. And uh, yeah, just type in All You Need Is Blood at any of the uh, services you have and hit subscribe. That's probably the best way to go about it. Just as we were about to start recording, I had a friend of mine, Steve, said, uh, well, he messaged me and says, um, can you send me a link to your podcast? I went, well, we're about to actually record a podcast, so if you go onto my Instagram account, you can find the link. It was, oh, okay, then I'll bugger off. I was like, cheers, mate. Thank you. <laughs> that was the most British conversation I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> We could have turned around and said, oh, fuck off then. I'll be like, all right then. <laughs> but, no. I feel like that you would be ghosts? more British. You got ghosts in your room? No, the you dog don't. just barked. <laughs> I don't know. And then she walked out. She has, like, some something. Some, something sassy to say. Maybe there is a ghost. Maybe that's what she hears. Let's see what's outside. Uh, Shane, anything interesting since the last time we spoke? Um, I've hardly slept. I've been having severe bouts of insomnia for the last week and a half. Um, so my sleeping pattern is kind of fucked at the minute. I was, <laughs> I nearly fell asleep on the sofa not half an hour ago, and I was like, no, I need to get up. I've got a podcast to do. But, um, other than that, I've, I haven't bought any movies. I haven't bought any CDs. I haven't bought any books or comic books. Um, I haven't actually done a great deal because I've kind of like, kept myself in the flat out of the way of humanity. Um, if someone is going to say something wrong and I'll end up getting arrested for beating them to death. But that's <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> the daily yeah. struggle. So, yeah, so Ziggy's been keeping me on my toes, which is always entertaining. Um, and other than that, I mean, I've not really been doing much in the way of Productivity, you know. That was a good one. That sounded <laughs> sultry. Like you, it, like did. It, had, it was something. It, it sounded like it had a secret to tell. <laughs> that sounded like it should be on a porn soundtrack. <laughs> Thanks. What <laughs> <laughs> is Shane's porn soundtracks that he would listen to? <laughs> 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 Whisper sweet nothings into my ear. 
And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever did that to Elisa, she would punch me right in the face. <laughs> like if I went in and was just like... <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like as if I was gonna whisper something to her. <laughs> try down our ear. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I do that to the animals sometimes, though. <laughs> like they're all, whenever I'm eating, they'll be like all over me, like whatever, trying to get a sniff or a, a, a steal part of my dinner or something. I'll like I'll either like burp in their faces. And then you see you see them go like, like they kick back. <laughs> or the other move is I'll burp into my hands and I'll throw it like a Hadouken right in their face. Oh, that's classic. <laughs> I forget what we used to call. It. I used to do that in high school a lot. I used to fart in my hands and rub it in my buddies' faces. <laughs> I forget. I man, I had a, a I had a thing like what it was named, but I forget the name of it. Hadouken's a pretty good analogy, though. Sure, sure. Um, so, <laughs> not, what else? not much going uh, on for you then, huh, Shane? <laughs> well, aside from listening to, listening to um, a lot of movie soundtracks um, over the last few days, that's about it. Sweet. How about you, Mike? We haven't heard from you in quite a while. Um, I've been super busy with school. I'm going to school five days a week. I work five days a week. I'm going to the gym five days a week, and I'm trying to eat healthier so I don't die when I get a good job. So, um, in like two months, I'll be getting a different job, and I'm kind of putting a lot of stress on myself. And I've been angry and irrational lately, and I feel like a woman on her period. No offense to all the women out there, but I'm for gassy. like, <laughs> I've been gassy and hormonal, and for, since like January, so I've been under a lot of stress. But I've been. Uh, yeah, and but the I got like two months more, or like a month and a half more of this, and then I'm finally done, and I can actually start working, and um, trying to keep my hobbies to the weekends since I don't really get to sleep much anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have been playing. I recently replayed the first Fable because mm-hmm. it's on uh, Xbox One backwards compatibility, and it's oh, on Xbox really? Games Pass. Yeah, the Games Pass thing is pretty neat. It has like over 100 games, and you pay like 10 bucks a month, or it's like a Netflix service. It's pretty cool. I have all three Fables on there, and I don't think I've played the original Fable, only two and three, so I recently replayed that, and it was kind of a buggy mess, but it's still enjoyable. Yeah, I think all um, the Fables are like that, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Uh, I'm starting to play Fable 2 now, and Actually, I just got done playing South Park Fractured Butthole, and while it was fun, it wasn't as good as the first one. Yeah, that's what um, everyone keeps telling me. Yeah, it's 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 you know like the first one had like its la- laugh out loud moments, but the second one, uh, it wasn't really that funny. Um, other than that, uh, Val actually just picked up Nino Kuni Two, mm-hmm. which is a Studio Ghibli uh, video game. <laughs> And it's it's just it's fantastic. It's getting really good reviews. It's a fantastic RPG. It's on uh, PC and uh, PlayStation. So I may pick that up as well. Uh, for music, if any of you have not heard the new Judas Priest, you should go and do that because really? it's like a plot twist. It's like their best material since Painkiller. Like Get they came out in 1990. I swear to God. Wow. It, it, like Alfred. I've been what is hearing that? that a lot. No, I've yeah. been hearing that it's so good. 
it's Halford 66 years old. Yeah. And it, this is like some of his best vocals. I, I don't know how it happened or why it happened, but uh, Firepower, I think the name of the album is, it's it's fantastic. And I, I could not believe how good it was. Hmm. Um, I ordered uh, Critical Madness, the demo years by Autopsy. So it's like a bunch of their old demos, and I got that on vinyl coming. And I pre-ordered the new Skinless, which is a brutal death metal band. And I got the limited to 100 relapse vinyl. And I know that metal is not everybody's thing, but if you look at the album cover for Savagery by Skinless, it's got like some decomposing skull on it, which is pretty badass. And it's just, it looks like straight out of a, like an underground horror film, which is fucking awesome. You're talking of the Judas Priest album, it's actually done really fucking well in the UK. Um, Yeah. It went top five. It actually ended at number five on the album chart last week. And it deserves every bit of praise because it's it's amazing. I I can't, I I, like, I was kind of going to ignore it because I heard their last album, Nostradamus, didn't do so well. And I didn't really care about it when I first listened to it. Yeah, that was a weird album. The, The songs were super long on that one. Yeah, and there's a lot of songs, like, Firepower is pretty long, but the songs are normal, <laughs> normal length, so... Uh, there's a lot yeah, of tracks on it, so you Yeah, and it's, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know where this came from, but this is just one hell of an album. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, I like Judas Priest. Yeah. Halford is one of the best vocalists, I'm convinced. Oh, definitely. And he sounds like he's in his 20s on this fucking thing. Like, I, I can't believe how how well he sings for being so old. And I love when people say that. They're like, oh, Metallica, you know, they can't sing anymore. They would do it since 1983. It's like, well, you know, Judas Priest has been doing it since, like, officially since, like, the late 70s, you know, earlier than that. And Halford yeah. just sounds amazing. Yeah. It's funny, really, because, I mean, although I'm not a massive Judas Priest fan, but I do own one album by Rob Halford, and that was the album he did two, Voyeurs. It was the <clears throat> the um, industrial album that he did. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because that's got um, John Five, who used to play for Marilyn Manson and is now in Rob Zombie. Right. And it was co-produced by Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty neat. Mm, it's a good album. It is a really good album. And Halford started doing some like new metal stuff and like, industrial stuff like back in the two thousands. It was really odd, but I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, no, the thing weird. is, is it, uh, Voyeurs is actually a really fucking good album. I think there was a couple of tracks that were used on film soundtracks. Um, the song "I Am a Pig" was featured on um, Idle Hands. Hmm. So oh, that's um, yeah, so the video is like all lots of BDSM dominatrix kind of stuff going on which i thought was kind of cool sweet so uh myself let's see what have i been doing recently um i decided to start excuse me torturing myself um by watching the witchcraft series i was i I got through one movie and i called it quits (laughs) let me tell you so the second one might be slightly better than the first (laughs) <laughs> but not by much. And the third one, I think maybe it's one of those increasing properties, or maybe my mind is just deteriorating the more I watch these things. Um, the third one was like a little bit better, but I, I haven't been able to like, it takes me like four days to watch one of these things because they're so fucking boring <laughs> that you fall asleep every goddamn time. Um, Yeah, it's, it's 
going tough and going slow. They're all on Amazon Prime, and I'm like, oh my god, they're all just here. It's like 16 movies, I think. Fucking 16 movies. Yeah, I don't know about any of that. Apparently, they turn into, like, Skidamax films, but as you can attest, Mike, the first one, I don't even think there was nudity. Yeah, I don't remember much. No. Same with the second. There's a little bit. There's some boobs in the second... And in the third, there's a little bit more. So I think what ends up happening is that it just turns more into a porno the further along it goes. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see how far I get on that. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it. It might just be too great of a task to uh, for me to undertake myself. <laughs> kind of, that's kind of like me with the um, Friday the 13th movies. Yeah, but those are good. Everyone's watched all of those. Yeah, some are good, some are not. <laughs> see, that's me with the Puppet Master franchise. Yeah. You know what? I've never seen any of the Puppet Master movies. Really? <clears throat> really? Oh, you gotta I think watch, they're terrible. You gotta I think watch they're uh, one and three. Okay. Those are the only ones that are like <laughs> interesting. That okay. I've seen. You know, I haven't seen the last four of them, I think. Whatever, the Nazi ones? They're terrible. I, I just don't understand why there's so many. It's, <laughs> it doesn't need them? to be. It's a bit like the Hellraiser movies. Who was that fucking guy on the UHM group who said that the new Hellraiser was like amazing or some shit? Best of the year. Best yeah, of right. the year? Somebody yeah. said it was best of the year. I can't. Yeah. I haven't seen it, so I can't talk. But I have a hard yeah. time believing that. I don't think anyone would believe that because I think he got a lot of shit for what he posted. I think all the underground people really like that movie because. <laughs> it's underground and it has almost the exact same plot as Hellraiser Five with the <laughs> and everything. Oh, okay. but you know, they that they did that already two or three times though. Yeah, and it's 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 terrible. It's it's really bad. Jesus, yeah, it's so. better than the last movie. Okay, uh, I I see that as a I guess an improvement because the last one was by far the worst of whatever the seven or eight that were out. So. I wonder. I don't. I, I watched it. But I don't know what I what rating I gave that. I thought you were pretty like positive towards it compared. No, to this, no, no. But I mean, compared to the rest of the Hellraisers. Um, I don't know. Let me see. I don't know when the hell. I, when did that even come out? Uh, last year. It was in 2017. Sometime, I, I, like November, December, I think. I gave that a four out of ten. Okay, so that's Which up isn't there. terrible, yeah. Which isn't <laughs> awful. I've given some... I think I gave The New Day of the Dead a 1 out of 10. So, <laughs> it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. I don't even think I gave it a 0. 0.5 out of 10. Best of 2018. <laughs> you know what? That might be the only 2018 horror movie I've watched this year. Fuck. And I gotta think. Huh. Shit. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's all I got so far. I better go watch something else just so I have a better one. So, um, but yeah, witchcraft series are awful. Uh, I've been actually, as I mentioned earlier, I was playing um, Far Cry Blood Dragon just fucking because it's so stupid and fun. And I wanted something I could just rip through real quick. And that's one of those games. Like, it's just such a blast to play. It's so goofy. If anyone hasn't played Blood Dragon... I recommend you go get it. It's super cheap wherever it is. It's going to be like five bucks if you... I don't know if it's available on Xbox One or PS4. Uh, maybe it's one of those... It's on Xbox services. One uh, backwards compatibility. 
Yeah. So you can play it on your Xbox One. Yeah. It's absolutely worth picking up. It is amazing. And uh, it's probably what, it, like, if, if you have never played a Far Cry and you're like, you know, what the gameplay is like, Far Cry Blood Dragon is the gameplay ramped up to 10. So it's like, you're, everything's super fast. Everything's simplified, cut down. There's not so much building up of uh, individual weapons and finding all kinds of stuff. You just, like, get a few weapons and you could add modifications to them. Killing guys. Killing blood dragons, everything's in neon, and Michael Bean is the main actor, and it's fucking awesome. So that, and uh, other than that, I've actually started watching. Uh, I know Shane will probably hate this, but I started watching the Grand Tour, which is the rebooted Top Gear series. I never even watched an episode of it. Uh, this is. I, I oh. fucking hate Clarkson. I yes. hate him. <laughs> you hate Jeremy Clarkson. I fucking hate him. Why? Really? I'm out of the loop. Who, why is he Jeremy around? Jeremy Clarkson is a really bad fucking TV presenter in the UK, and he thinks he's better than everybody else because he drives fast cars and all this bullshit. <laughs> and in fact, he isn't. He is really a grade A cunt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I fucking hate him. I every time I see him on TV, I turn the TV over because I can't bear to watch him. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those people, one of those alleged celebrities that I would love to take a shovel to the face to. Well, I, watched, I watched about 40 hours of him in the last, like, four weeks, so. <sighs> oh, my God. Do you dedicate that one to Clarkson? Fucking right, I do. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen, have you ever seen Top Gear, Mike? No, I haven't. Okay, uh, it's it's a it's a car show, and the guy. Oh well, yeah, I know what it is. Right, 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 right. So, <laughs> it, and they uh, Clarkson got fired from uh, BBC for I forgot what specifically it was. He did something to piss somebody off, and he got fired. And they were going to try to keep doing the Top Gear series, and his three co-hosts on that show, or his two co-hosts on that show rather, said, "Now nah, fuck that, we're leaving too." So all the hosts of the show left. The BBC tried to keep it going because it's like the most popular show they have. And uh, it, it failed immediately. I don't know if it made it through an entire season. Um, actually, yeah, it did. It went through a whole season and it's now online. Oh, is it? Now it's just an online show? Yeah. because oh, that's, um, that's embarrassing. They got Matt LeBlanc from Friends to um, co-host it. What? Oh, my God. What? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Joey? Gotta do something. Joey yeah, from <laughs> Friends. Yeah, Joey from Friends co-hosts Top Gear. Oh, so those three guys, Amazon uh, picked them up, and they said, we'll let you do whatever they want, whatever you want. So they essentially just remade Top Gear, and it's called the Grand Tour, and it's the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty funny, pretty interesting. Anyway, that's what I've been up to uh, recently. You guys want to get into our topic for today? Sure. So, uh, so we thought... Um, it would be a good idea to try something a little different, uh, and we'd all, we'd each pick out some lesser-known horror movies. Maybe stuff that it's not the greatest movies in the world, or it's not, um, <clears throat> maybe not even what you consider underrated. They're just not talked about. They're just, for whatever reason, they bypass discussions about whatever. So, um, yeah, let's start off. Uh, anybody want to start? No? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. I can right, start if you like. 
I'll start if you like. All right, Shane, let's do it. What do you got for us? Well, the first film I've got is Absentia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the story of a woman and her sister link a mysterious tunnel outside of their home um, to a series of disappearances, including that of uh, the woman's own husband, who has been missing for seven years. And um, they now, uh, the officials wish to declare him dead by absentia, um, which is the phrase they use when someone has gone missing under mysterious circumstances. And thank you. <laughs> um, so basically, the woman um, is called Trisha, and her husband Daniel has been missing for seven years. Her younger sister Callie comes to live with her as the precious moment to finally, to finally declare him dead in absentia. And as Trisha sifts through the wreckage and tries to move on with her life, Callie finds herself drawn to an om- ominous tunnel near the house which is basically where all these people have been going missing and it's kind of like, oh, there's demons around because there's like all the lights flicker and all this kind of shit. And she starts to link it to all these disappearances, people going missing. And there are um, some scenes where basically she's walking through and she finds objects that belonged to people um, who had gone missing. And so between her and her sister, they kind of put two and two together and realise something isn't right about the place where they live. And then, weirdly enough, her husband reappears after seven years. And the guy's fucked. He's royally mentally fucked. Um, Because he doesn't know where he's been for the last seven years. But from what we can make out, you you don't really find out what it is that's been taking all these people. But it's basically, whatever it is, is ancient. And it's got its sights set on the people of this house and Callie happens to be, no, sorry, Trisha happens to be like heavily pregnant at the time as well. So it's, um, it's all very strange and all very weird kind of shit going on. And I didn't mind this movie at all, actually. And it's all thanks to Bill and Laura Coldwell. Um, they sent me a copy a couple of years ago, actually. Um, because they recommended it to me, and I watched it, and I do actually quite enjoy it. I think it's quite a good film. Nice, yeah. I'm looking at the the director of this. Also did um, uh, Oculus, Hush, yeah. and uh, Ouija: Origin of Evil. Yeah. See, I've seen Oculus. Um, so that's the one that's got Katie Katie Sackhoff in it as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it was okay yeah, for a film. Yeah, it wasn't great. I've not seen Hush, and I haven't seen the other one you mentioned. Oh, the Ouija movie? Yeah, I've not seen either of them. Yeah. Oh, he also did that recent Gerald's Game, uh, I think the one on Netflix. Oh, well, the Stephen King adaptation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not seen that either. Cool. Well, that sounds interesting. Is it like, um, is there a lot of, like, graphic scenes, or is it more um, just tension building? It's definitely tension building. It's, uh, it's very ominous. In the sense that when when the room is dark, you know some shit is going to go down. Yeah, it's that that kind of thing. But it's like with, they've got the police involved, and the police are trying to track her husband, and then all these people start going missing, and then the police are trying to find out what's causing it, why these people are disappearing, and obviously they don't realise that it's actually a supernatural occurrence that's going on. So some kind of 
or they don't state whether it's a demon or not, but something is taking people and they're not coming back, you know. So it's like, like a couple of adults here, like a kid here and all that kind of stuff. People are just being taken. And then when this when the husband comes back and uh, it's like he's poor fucker's pretty fucked in the head, actually. Sweet. Mm. You seen this one, Mike? Uh, Shane, is this the same absentia or on the cover? It's like that woman being dragged away. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this movie is really good. I I've only seen it one time, but it's still stuck with me. Like mm-hmm. all these years later, because I just remember that when something spooky does happen, there's no music, yeah. and like you don't know that something jump is going to jump out at you or something spooky is going to happen. Like uh, there's I've from what I remember, there's this one scene where this woman closes a door and I think it's like her husband is like behind it, but he's like a dead, like ghost looking thing. And that actually like startled me because I was like, what the fuck? I didn't know that was going to happen. I'm so used to movies nowadays having music and telling me basically when to jump. And that didn't. And it was, that's what I remember about that movie. That's why I've I've always recommended it, even though I've only seen it one time. Hmm. See, it is a good film. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I like the story behind it as well, um, because it was just it was interesting. It was it was something I'd never seen before, and I think it was at a time when I was looking for new films to watch. And you know, I put out a thing online, and I had several people message me and say, "Oh, you need to watch this, and you need to watch this." And I think it was Bill who actually said that you need to watch Absentia. And I was like, I've never seen it, never heard of it before. And then a few days later, I got a copy through the post from him. So that was like him saying, watch this film. And I watched it and I really enjoyed it. And it is fucking creepy in places as well. Because to begin with, when I read about it, I kind of got this confused with like night terrors. It has got kind of like a night terrors thing about it as well. So it's like when it's dark and people are trying to sleep and shit starts happening, you're like, holy fucking shit, you know, what's going on? And I just found it to be one of those films that I could watch again, but it's also very bleak. It's a very bleak movie. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking now. It's uh, it's actually on Amazon Prime for free for streaming. Cool. So Give it a watch, I, man. Yeah, I'm going to put that on my watch list. Yeah. You have to get back to us and let us know what you think. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it's got Doug Jones in it as well. Um, oh, I love Doug yeah. Jones. Yeah, he's really good in it. Um, Catherine Parker is Callie. Courtney Bell, Dave Levine. I'm trying to think what Dave, Le- Dave Levine has been in. Because um, he's the he's the cop. He was in Space Guys in Space. and Oh, oh he was in Oculus as well. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I don't even realise there's an o- Oculus. Chapter three. Oh, it's a short film. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that was a short film that they got uh, to make Oculus from. Right. Okay. Like he made this like short film, and it was it's fucking pretty good actually. If you ever find it on the internet, I think it's on the uh, Oculus DVD. If I remember right. Oh, right, okay. So it's uh it's pretty good. Awesome. So how about how about you, Mike? What do you got for us? Um, I have one movie that I did notes for and another one I just kind of came to me right now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to talk about uh, the one I don't have notes for. And it's, uh, I think I've talked about this movie before on the podcast, but not really kind of went into detail, but it's called mm-hmm. The Similars. 
And Similars. let's see, when did that come out? Similar. It came out in 2015, and it is one of the weirdest movies I have ever seen. Um, somebody, I forgot who it was. They put it on the upcoming horror movies Facebook, and they were kind of saying stuff about it. I'm like, I need to watch that. Um, but the since I don't have notes, I'm going to kind of go to off IMDb here. But the plot on there is uh, on the rainy night of October 2nd, 1968, eight characters waiting on a remote bus station for a bus heading to Mexico City start experiencing a strange phenomenon. And that phenomenon is that people, no matter if they're men or women, start turning into men with beards and long shaggy hair. So these people, they start transforming into this guy. That no one knows who he is. But their facial features and their whole body starts turning into this this person. So it's it's literally in one location, the whole movie. These people are in a bus stop and sometimes more people come in. But um, they're all waiting for this bus to take them to Mexico City. And while they're waiting for it, they slowly see like one guy turns into this uh, this guy with a huge beard and a long shaggy hair. And then this another woman starts getting a beard and she starts kind of like losing it in a way and forgets forgets who she is. And mm. the really cool part about this movie is they they're like looking in magazines and stuff. And in the magazine pictures, the people have beards and shaggy hair. One guy looks at his license and in his license, he's got beard and like shaggy hair. It's pretty neat. And it really keeps you on like guessing of what this is. And then you see these people, they start to kind of lose it because it doesn't all happen at once. It slowly happens and it doesn't happen to everybody at the same time. So one person gets transformed and they kind of lock them away and they're like, what the hell's going on here? And it's, it's very neat. And there's a really strong sci-fi element to it, especially at the end. And it's, it really brought it all together and it made it so absurd to the point where it's just extremely enjoyable. Um, yeah, it, even the, like the, uh, cover of the DVD has a very like forties, fifties style vibe to it, where it looks like it, it had that old classic artwork and mm -hmm. the movie itself takes place in 1968. But I mean, the movie looks like it was filmed in 1968. It's got like that, that like kind of like screen tearing in a way, um, and that just made it a whole lot more enjoyable too. I think it's an all in black and white. And it's just, it's a pretty, just a neat overall movie. And it's something I really have never seen before. I thought it was fantastic. And it's directed by Isaac Esbon. And someone okay. told me he's had a path, the incident that came out in 2014. Apparently that's really good, but I've never seen that before. So, I mean, if you're a fan of the incident and you've never seen the similars, definitely check it out because it's it's like literally i've never even thought about this kind of premise before and it's awesome hmm. see so you said this one's all in black and white too right i believe it is yeah it's like black and white uh maybe some color here or there but i don't really remember it mm -hmm. but it's mainly all black and white and it's uh it's also in spanish so if you don't like subtitles you're probably not going to watch it um but i love subtitles i don't mind them at all and yeah. i just I think the original name of this movie is Los Parasitos. That's coming from a white guy, so it's probably wrong. But that's the name <laughs> of the movie in Spanish. Oh, shit. I'm just looking at Amazon now, and I found a copy of The Incident on DVD. And I'm like, oh, cool. They'll check this out. Let me double check the features to make sure there's an English subtitle. There's not. There's only French. 
Motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, let's see, similars on Amazon. Yeah, I found the similars. Yeah. That, they got a Blu-ray out for that. And that's yeah, actually that's... a really cool cover. Yeah, that's uh, that's the Blu-ray I bought. It's 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 well worth. I think it's like yeah, it's twenty bucks on Amazon, so it's well worth that money. Awesome. All right, well, let me go through one of mine that I got on here, um, and this is one that I honestly I don't think I've heard anyone ever talk about, and it's like one of my favorite sort of like horror suspense movies. Now, uh, it's called Ten Rillington Place. It's from nineteen seventy one. It's a British movie. Uh, directed by uh, Richard Fleischer, who is most known for doing stuff like uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. He did this uh, movie called Violent Saturday, uh, Fantastic Voyage. He did Tora, 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 which is probably his most famous film. Uh, oh, yeah, Soylent Green, of course. That's, maybe that's more famous than Tora, Tora, Tora. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, he did Amityville 3, which is fucking crazy. That's awesome. And, and he and then he did uh, the second Conan movie, Conan the Destroyer, and Red Sonia. So this guy's like fucking all over the place. I guess he'll wow. just direct anything. <clears throat> um, but the cast in this is phenomenal. Uh, it, there, there's really like three main characters going on on it. Um, the uh, the first guy is played by Richard Attenborough, who is legendary British actor from the 50s and 60s. Uh, stuff like The Great Escape, Doctor Doolittle. Uh, but most famously, later in life, he played uh, John Hammond in Jurassic Park. So the old guy with the cane. Um, and then also in this, um, another legendary actor, John Hurt, who uh, I think passed away last year, right? Or was yeah, it the year before? Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Um, you know, famous for being an alien, uh, 1984. Uh, Roger Corman's Frankenstein Unbound, which is the weirdest Frankenstein time travel movie you'll ever see. It's so crazy. And, of course, he was in the Harry Potter movies, uh, Elephant Man. Elephant Man and V for Vendetta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's he's done a ton of stuff. John Hurt is just... just he, was also, he was also... One of his last films was Only Lovers Left Alive. Mm. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Wow. Yeah. I love that movie. I think yeah, it's great. Good. Sweet. And, um... Oh, the the um the girl that is pretty much the one of the main characters and also is played by Judy Geeson. Uh she's in a ton of British and US TV shows way, way back in the day. And uh just recently she joined the Rob Zombie crew. She was in both Lords of Salem and 31, so I'm oh, sure yeah. we can look forward to seeing her in future Rob Zombie movies. Look forward to, yes. <laughs> well, I know you're probably excited about the new Rob Zombie movie, Mike. No, yeah, I'm excited about uh, a fucking hack director trying to cash in on past successes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. <laughs> well, look at oh, it this yeah. way. He's got three from hell as well coming out, isn't he? Well, that's he, what he's talking about. Yeah. So. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for our Rob Zombie episode, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, so um, Richard Attenborough plays this guy, John Christie who is just fucking the creepiest, creepiest weirdo of, like, all time. He He's this bald-headed guy who, like, he's constantly lying about how he was in the service and he has medical training, and he, and he uses these, like, lies to trick women into letting him perform medical services. And his medical services always consist of him hooking up a rubber hose to a gas line and gassing them till they pass out, and then he strangles them to death and rapes them. 
And it's it's fucking so crazy. And if I think this was a made for TV movie, it's pretty intense for like, you know, a 1970s made for TV movie. And um, John Hurt plays this like undereducated liar. He's just like this bumbling idiot who will go to pubs and like just be like, oh, yeah, I was banging three girls last night and just have all these ridiculous stories of people are like, "Uh huh, sure you did. Sure you did. Um, but it, it sort of it all comes to a head when John Hurt and his wife um, Beryl move into, uh, um, Richard Attenborough's house and they take a flat above his and he's renting it out to them. And Richard Attenborough obviously wants to rape and murder the wife because he's a fucking psycho. She gets pregnant. She doesn't want to have the baby. And Richard Attenborough's like, oh, I could take care of that. I could use a medical procedure that I learned, you know, in the army back in the day, uh, gases her kills her, things kind of go awry, and uh, John Hurt comes home, and because he's such a fucking idiot, Richard Attenborough's able to, like, convince him that this is all John Hurt's fault, because he let this happen, and, you know, he sort of did all this, and he, he sends him out on the run, the cops catch up to John Hurt, obviously, and he's like, he's out of his mind, he's like, oh, I did it, I confess, it goes through this whole story where he's put in jail by the cops, and then there's this big trial, and um, Richard Attenborough also ends up killing a baby. He strangles a baby to death. It's like really fucked up. And the, I mean, it, it, you know, it all comes down. I wanna, don't want to sort of ruin the ending for it, but this is all a 100% true story um, about this killer at 10 Rillington Place. And um, it, it, it's essentially the story that ended the death penalty in, in uh, England. And it's just fucking amazing. It's such such good acting. I can't recommend the acting enough in this movie. And I've never heard anyone talk about it. It's like, it's sort of like a psycho type of thing where you've just got this like conniving madman who is just like, he's insane, but he doesn't realize that he's insane. He's just like, oh no, this is just what I do. So, um... I'm a big fan of it. Uh, this actually came out recently from Twilight Time. They put out a Blu-ray of it. Uh, before that, it was real tough to find. Maybe in the UK, you could find copies easy because it was a British uh, British movie. But I don't know. I fucking love it. I think it's absolutely worth everyone checking out if they like older movies, British movies, and are just a fan of acting in, in general. So, have you ever seen this one, Shane? Um, years ago. Quite a few years ago, as a matter of fact. Um... I'm trying to think how long ago it was. Must be, must be over 20 years ago when I last saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was on TV uh, late at night, and I remember watching it. And um, yeah, it's not a bad film actually. Yeah, there's some intense subject matter. Like they're like, oh yeah, abortions, killing babies, fucking strangling people, rape. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is these guys are fucking all in it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah I mean, great. Yeah, it is a good film. It's just, it was weird. I remember it being quite weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it takes on interesting tones. I'll have to see if I can find a copy of that. Yeah, you might be able to find mm-hmm. it relatively easy now. Um, I'll let I'll let you know if I can. But um, yeah, I'll have to look for it. Well, I've got my Blu-ray, so I'm all set. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I I think you would like this too, Mike. It's you know, there's no gore or any you know serious blood or anything like that. Uh, it's just fucking well paced. <sighs> Well done, suspense thriller. Um, yeah, I'll watch it for sure. That sounds cool. It's pretty cool stuff. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere or not. I haven't really looked. 
Back in a sec. I just need a piss. Well, get that done then. <laughs> okay. I might as well squeeze out a few drops while he's doing that. Squeeze the lemon. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. Cool. <sighs> All right, well, the bad news is Butter has awoken, and she's, de- she's demanding a walk. Oh, Jesus. What do you want? <laughs> Go back to laying down. The bed's still there. We're almost done. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. These animals are <laughs> fucking ridiculous. One of the dogs is now about to sit on the cat on the bed. <laughs> See, I've got no worries with that because Ziggy's currently zonked out on the bed. He's like passed out completely. He'll be out for most of the night. Yeah, the cat's been sitting there nice and quiet. He's been good all the whole time. Oh, which cat? <sighs> Mr. B, of course. Oh, right. Okay, that makes a change. Uh, all right. What was that? Earthy. That was a burp I was trying to contain, but it oh. came <laughs> I thought that was Ryan letting rip again. <laughs> well, you'll know what I do. Yeah. <clears throat> because because I'll be running for the bathroom. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I took a chance. You took a gamble. <laughs> okay. Um so what do we got next, Shane? Do you have another one for us? I do. I have Australian movie Undead. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Um this is one of those films that I remember watching years ago, and I thought, actually, this is quite funny, because um, it is more funny. Um, but it's done by the Spirit Brothers, written and directed by them. Um, and it's it has Felicity Mason, Mungo McKay, and Rob Jenkins in it. Um, obviously, it's an all-Australian cast. And uh, it's set in a peaceful, peaceful rustic Berkeley um, town, in Australia, charming fishing community where life is sweet and the people are friendly, and it all changes when um, when local beauty Renee loses her childhood farm to the bank and decides to leave town. Um, so obviously she's one of this beauty pageant, and everyone is like giving a shit for it. But um, <clears throat> she decides to leave town and head for the big city. But um, as she's about to leave, an avalanche of meteorites basically hit the town and um <laughs> departing the town proves to be a bit more of a challenge than she expected because everybody started turning into zombies and um it's um she finds salvation in a, in an isolated farmhouse owned by the local town Looney Looney Marion um and he's he's like told but he's what the equivalent of he's the Australian equivalent of a redneck um, in other words, he's a bit special. And um, basically, a few other people turn up and they have to battle their way through a plague of walking dead. Um, and they discover that, that there is more to this than just a zombie infection. Because um, this film, for me, it's when I first saw it, I, it did make me chuckle. It made me laugh quite a lot. And I was kind of a bit dubious as to where it was going. But then it's like it's got like various plot twists in it that you don't see coming, and you're like, "What the actual fuck is going on in this film?" 
And then when it gets to the end, you're like, holy shit, actually, that was quite a good film. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those films that every time I watch it, I still find stuff in it that's funny. Um, and some of it just cracks me up. I would still say one of the best things um, about this film is one of the plot twists, spoiler alert, is that this zombie infection is actually an alien infection. And um, when it starts to rain, all these people get turned, they get reverted back to their human selves. But it's like you start seeing all these zombies being abducted. And you're like, what the actual fuck is going on? And <laughs> it's like this this girl and this guy are trying to fly through these... Um, <laughs> fly through the fucking sky and there's like all these like abducted people in the sky and then there's a cow a zombie cow in the sky and that scene creased me up so much it made me laugh so fucking hard i just couldn't couldn't um stop laughing at that but um it is a it is one of those films that is very interesting. I mean, yeah, it's got a lot of CGI in it, but then what do you expect for a film that's made on quite a limited budget? Um, some of the acting is is a bit cheesy, cheese tastic. Um, it's kind of hammy would be the word I would use for it. Um, but it's it's one of those uh, movies that I do recommend to people. It is it is fucking funny. Yeah, uh, it is kind of warped as well and um, I suppose you could say this was like a precursor to uh, the ideas of some of the weapons you get in Dead Rising some of the weapons you get in Dead Rising <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this movie it, it has a lot of um, of stuff you'd get from like um, from like Evil Dead or uh, you can oh. tell where it's influences are coming from oh yeah there's definitely Evil Dead. Yeah, there's lots of influences you can spot many influences from other movies in this and I think that's uh, it's it, it's part of its charm. Yeah, some people don't like the ending. They think all oh, that's stupid. That it's like they sort of they essentially fix the zombie apocalypse, but then there's like another little twist at the end. Um, yes, but I don't know. I thought it was it was it was charming. Like uh, some people wanted a sequel to this, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. I think this is good just like it is. I would leave it the way it is and. Just keep moving on. I mean, it came out in 2003. So, yeah. I mean, it's 15 years ago. And it's hard to believe that this film is actually 15 years old. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I remember fondly when it came out. Because I think it, when it came out, it was, I don't want to say relatively big, but sort of in the horror world, it was, people liked it a lot. I yeah. think mostly because that redneck character was sort of like a, uh, a stand-in for Ash from Evil Dead or something, you know, he's just yeah. this badass zombie killer. But it just cracked me, <laughs> it just creased me up, is uh, the scene when he sat in the boat mm -hmm. and he spots everything, he spots, like, the meteorites and how the, the zombie fish, that was what made me laugh, the, the zombie, zombie fish. fish. Zombie fish, that was great. But, yeah, um, there's some good effects in this too. It's not all just bad CGI. No, no. Um, so I, I'll go go back to the zombie fish thing because that scene really creased me up. It was just the way he was just punching them out left, right, and center. It was great. <laughs> oh, I forgot he was punching them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I love it. the 
the directors of this, uh, they also made a bunch of other stuff. Um, recently, this, one of them did the Jigsaw movie that just came out. Oh, I haven't watched that. And uh, they also did this movie, Predestination, which was that's pretty real. good. It's a, Yeah, that's really fucked up. It's pretty much the weirdest plot of, of like a time travel movie I've ever seen. But it's uh, it's pretty fucking good. So, um, mm. yeah, you ever, have you seen Undead, Mike? No, I've always heard about it, but uh, I've never checked it out. But I will now. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't caught this. I mean, it was it's it's been around for a little bit, and it's pretty easy to find. I imagine it used to be real cheap on DVD. It's probably probably streaming somewhere, Netflix yeah. or something. It's worth uh, it's worth checking out, Mike. It's worth checking out. If only yeah. the scene with the zombie fish. Yeah, so it's it, it's like it's like a zombie, you know. So if you're yeah. if you're in the mood for something like that, it's it's a nice little change to get an Australian take on it. Yeah, yeah. I'll actually put it on in a bit because I haven't watched it for a while. So yeah, that'd be quite cool to watch. Yeah, I like it. Mm. So what was your second movie you had there, Mike? Um, have you guys both seen the movie Possession with Sam Neill? I just finished it this morning. How about you, Shane? Uh, no, I don't think I have. <clears throat> I don't really want to get into spoilers if you haven't seen it, but... Yeah. Oh, don't worry about that. Okay, good. Well, I mean, even if you do get into spoilers, <laughs> it's it's complicated enough that... Yeah. <laughs> you know, watching it anyway, even if you know what's happening, you're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, well, the movie came out in 1981. Uh, it came out in 1983 in the U.S., um, but... Uh, it was directed by Andrzej Zulowski. Why do you always a, have to pick the hardest fucking names? I don't to pronounce know, man. And I'm the, like, the whitest thing in the world, and I can't pronounce anything foreign. Um, he's only <clears throat> primarily done French movies, so this is his, I think, first and maybe only English-speaking movie. I know it was his only English-speaking movie when he made it. Um, it stars. Uh, it's like a psychological horror drama. Um, which may put some people off, but if you stick with it, you'll end up very surprised in the end. Uh, it stars Isabel Ejani and Sam Neill, who I love Sam Neill. He's, he's like one way. of my... I, we, he's like Kurt Russell's number one for me, but like oh Sam Neill's boy. like... Oh, strong, there we go. There Sam we Neill's go. a strong number two, man. I, I love all of his movies. He's, he's so good. We just um, had the old guy from Jurassic Park on. Now we got the, uh, the younger guy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. Uh, but the plot's pretty complicated, but it's... I, I wrote out, I guess, basically the movie in notes, but I, I trimmed it down. Uh, it's complicated, so I have to like talk a lot about spoilers and stuff. But um, the plot is basically uh, Sam Neill plays a character named Mark. He's a spy returning home from a mission. He was gone for a long time. They don't really go into detail on what the mission was, but I guess it's got to do with like briefcases full of money and... like. Uh, things and vials. I don't know. They don't really go into into depth of what his mission is and what he exactly does. But um, when he gets home, he finds that his wife, played by Isabella Janney, uh, Anna, she wants a divorce. Mark doesn't want the divorce and wants to work things out. But eventually he turns the apartment and son over to her. The son is named Bob. And he's like kind of like an infant. Um, I believe that's called a toddler. Yeah, whatever. Small spawn of Satan. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. It's. It, I don't know. If, yeah, he can walk, so he's probably a toddler. Um, 
And this time he becomes like, he gets his own place and kind of becomes obsessed with Anna. He calls her a bunch of times and he's kind of like going mad over her. Uh, he was super in love with her. So since she wants a divorce, he's kind of going crazy. Uh, so one day he decides to go over to the apartment and he finds just his son, Bob, alone, <laughs> just running the house, uh, neglected. Uh, she returns home and Mark's like, what the fuck? You know, I'm not going to leave you here with him if you're going to be out gallivanting while he's home alone. So he cares for the kid and she leaves in the, uh, she leaves in the middle of the night. Uh, he receives a phone call from Anna's lover named Heinrich telling Mark that Anna is with him. So the next day Mark meets Bob's teacher cause he drops him off to school. Helen also played by Isabella Janney. Um, she looks exactly like Anna, but like the polar opposite. So she has bright eyes and extremely nice. She's super well kept. Uh, Mark confronts the lover, uh, lover Heinrich. He went to his place and he tries to fight Heinrich, but he, he gets his ass kicked. And uh, Heinrich also said he never called Mark initially. So uh, here's where we're going to get a little spoilers. And I know it doesn't sound like a horror movie at all, but <laughs> unfortunately the horror aspect is in the spoilers because it's so goddamn weird. Um so Mark eventually hires a private investigator to follow Anna. So the PI finds that Anna's living in her own apartment. Uh, the PI kind of goes into her apartment and he finds a creature in a bedroom on a mattress. So Anna kills the private investigator with a bottle and the PI's lover, uh, Zimmerman, approaches Mark on where the, the private investigator is. So this is kind of like a new character. They kind of spring out like halfway in the movie. They're like, hey, you know, where's my boyfriend? I uh, think so he talked to him at one point when he had to go to a police station, maybe like way earlier in the movie. But it was really short. So yeah. that you don't like even notice. I didn't. I don't even remember it. So uh, when Zimmerman goes to the apartment to try to find uh, the private investigator, she finds he finds the creature and Anna. Anna says he made love to me all night and he's still unfinished, you know. And Zimmerman's like, what the fuck? So Anna comes back. So, yeah, Anna comes back to the apartment and tells Mark that she had a, a, a miscarriage. A flashback happens, and it is one of the, the best scenes in the entire movie. And I actually have a shirt that has uh, her this happening to her on the front of Get it. Get out of here. I do. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite shirts. I, you know, um, nobody knows what it's from, but it's, uh, it's a flashback that happens to her walking in a subway passage. And she violently starts having a seizure and blood starts to ooze out from every orifice of her body. And it's, it's so badass. It's so gross and awesome. Um, she says to Mark, what I, what I miscarried there was Sister Faith, and what was left was Sister Chance. So, you know, about this time in the movie, you're like, what the fuck's going on? Um, <laughs> because, like, this creature, when they show it, it's like pure practical effects, and it's so dark that you have, really have to, like, look at what the hell you're, like, looking at. Because you really don't know. It's like some big practical effects creature in a corner of a room, and it's just so cool looking. Um, but Heinrich gets a call from Mark giving him the address. Heinrich goes over there, gets attacked by Anna, and he escapes. He meets Mark at a bar to discuss what the hell he just saw because he saw the creature. But Mark ends up drowning Heinrich in a toilet because, you know, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's Anna's lover. And uh, so Mark goes to Anna's apartment and doesn't find a creature there. It's gone. 
Instead, he finds body parts in a refrigerator. Uh, there's like blood everywhere. It's just really overwhelming for Mark. So Mark does the only sensible thing, and he blows up her apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, there's all of a sudden there's a shootout with Mark. As the police find out, he blows up the apartment and killed Heinrich. He escapes to find Anna, who said, I wanted to find you. It is finished now. And reveals that the creature is now a doppelganger of Mark. So when Mark is about to shoot his doppelganger, Anna and Mark are gunned down by the police and the doppelganger escapes. So the end scene shows Helen at the apartment with Bob. The doorbell rings and Bob keeps saying over and over again, don't open, don't open, don't open. Helen opens the door anyway, and the sounds of explosions and sirens fill the air. Bob races to the bathroom and just drowns himself in the bathtub. Yeah, that was because, Yeah. Her expression changes to see a doppelganger mark and explosions like fill her eyes. And the reason why I love this movie so much is not only due to the practical effects, but it's because the ending is so goddamn morbid. And basically, he's like the Antichrist, and he just like brought like death to the world. And it's... The way they shot, like, Sam Neill playing the doppelganger, even though he only has, like, two minutes of screen time, (laughs) it's like, they gave him, like, contacts, and he just looks like, he looks like how he did in, like, The Omen 3, (laughs) which, uh, which was really cool. But, um, this, this movie, uh, had Isabel Ajani win Best Actress at the Cannes Film Festival, and she won it for her performance in Possession and this other movie called Quartet. Um, cause the acting in this movie is so damn good. Like oh, yeah. when, when Sam Neill and, uh, Isabella Janney are f- like fighting like verbally, it actually looks like an actual like bicker from like two people, uh, that are in a relationship. Like they're fighting and they're like, you know, one person's like, I think she like cut her wrists and it's just like, it's crazy how the character development is for these, these two people. Like, you know, first he hates her, then he loves her, and he hates her, and it's just like, it's it's crazy how well acted it is. And it's my yeah. favorite Sam Neill movie um, because of <laughs> the performance that he puts into this. I, Sorry, I really I just don't, I don't hear that line very often. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the whole point of the, <laughs> this podcast, you know. Um, actually, Sam Neill said in his, uh, this is one of his favorite films he's ever been in. Um, and it was banned in the UK until 1999. So, uh, it's 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 pretty intense like like that scene i was telling about earlier with the subway it's pretty like it's very graphic yeah uh but it's it's man it, it just it starts off as this, like this drama of two people yelling at each other and ends with like the down uh of civilization ending yeah so it's pretty neat yeah it's and it's i mean there's a lot this is really an art house film it is definitely super super artistic and you could see how like the just the the entire point of the movie is that the ending of a relationship feels like the end of the world and that's sort of what the director made he's like oh these people's relationship is ending literally i'm gonna make the end of the world (laughs) yeah well he made this movie in a divorce of his own life so when he was going through his divorce he was like well i'm gonna write this movie describing how i feel (laughs) yeah uh, it's and another thing about it too is that the movie is absolutely beautiful. Like mm-hmm. the the shooting, the cinematography, and especially like the camera work around dialogue. The guys he does a lot of long takes, a lot of swooping camera movements. 
He's he's kind of, like and to have something like that, the long takes and all that shit going on, that also shows how good the acting was in this because like this girl's got to put out some of the craziest behavior you've ever seen and keep it at like a ten as uh you know throughout a long scene so it's not like something where you could just oh let's go back and get that one little part again no they just fucking keep that camera rolling it's yep. crazy uh, i was i was really impressed by this this is the first time i watched it actually this morning did you enjoy it yes i did very much so because i'm yeah. a, i'm a sucker for any you know like foreign um art movies that are really gorgeous and ha- like you know there's there's a lot of stuff buried in this there's a lot of symbolism and um and a lot of things you can really dig into. I've actually, I, I've had this Blu-ray sitting on my shelf for quite a while. And I'm like, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. And I just fucking never got to it. I was actually glad you picked this. Now I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm fucking watching this. <laughs> yeah, this is one of my favorite uh, movies, horror movies. Because not too many people know about it, but it's just so well done. And it's, yeah, it's I, very effective. I cannot believe that this is one of those, uh, is a lesser known movie. Yep. Like I feel like this this should be known by everybody. It should be like, oh yeah, that's that's like a Rosemary's Baby. Like you know what I mean? It just should right. be part of the vernacular. I, I since I have the shirt, I wear it often, and it's uh, it's on the front of it. It's got her and the subway with like worms coming all like out of her mouth, and she's like covered in like these like tentacle things. And on yeah. the bottom, it says like human ecstasy fulfilled. <laughs> and it's it's so gross. It's such a gross shirt, and I've only been. Um, uh, someone has only come up to me twice about it. Once at a record store, he goes, oh my God, that's one of my favorite movies. And another time was uh, in a bookstore and some guy's like, yeah, I wrote my college paper on that movie. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, this movie's great. And anybody who likes, like like you said, like our house movies, should definitely give it a try. Yeah, yeah. If you like something, like even like the same type of tone that goes along with this, if you like something like a... um. Oh, like a Roman Polanski movie, like oh, yeah. Rosemary's Baby, or uh, or um, what the fuck's that one? The Ninth Gate, um, something like that, where it's just European. It's like gorgeous settings, a real fucked up story. It's not entirely linear as well. Like you said, there's a couple flashbacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so and there at one point, I think uh, Sam Neill gets like that um that videotape or whatever the, the video reel. Oh, yeah. And he's, and he's watching, and it's like some pre-recorded stuff, like when she's thinking about divorcing him. It's it's so fucking weird. So it's kind of all over the place. I actually, I can't wait to watch it again, you know, to get like another take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I agree, this is a fucking great choice. This one was really good. So. Mm, and, along a, and, uh, and along the same lines as sort of, maybe to a lesser extent, um than Possession was. Um, my, the last movie I picked was 1977's The Sentinel. And oh, nice. again, th- yeah, this is a movie that does have that same sort of vibe. It's got that, like, Polanski-esque, you don't know what the fuck's going on, it's religious, it's end-of-the-world type stuff. Um, there's a woman being tortured throughout all of it. Like, all these shares the same themes uh, throughout them. But this one, uh, I feel like it, it's known, but I don't feel it's known enough, you know? Right. Like, uh, people will talk about this, but they it, it doesn't get the, um, I guess, the credit it deserves. You know, it's sort of underrated. Um, but it's directed by uh, Michael Winner, who did Death Wish 1 through 3. 
which I was even amazed that all three of them were directed by the same guy because the Death Wish movies turn fucking crazy at part three. Like, it, it goes from this, this drama of, like, this guy dealing with his wife and daughter being raped and murdered, and he goes out and it becomes a vigilante, to in part three, he's just got, like, a fucking rocket launcher and his buddies are dying in an apartment complex and he's blowing up, um, like, just random 80s, um gang weirdos with with mohawks and like chains and uzis and shit it turns fucking into chaos i'm like how the fuck did this guy make all three of these i guess it's it's a bit like uh first blood versus uh you know rambo three <laughs> but anyway um yeah this movie's good it's got a fucking fantastic cast it's got chris sarandon um uh he plays like a young lawyer in this and horror fans will know him from fright night uh Christina Raines, who she does a lot of TV work back in the day. A uh, horror legend, John Carradine, has uh, a small role in this as a creepy-ass old priest. <clears throat> Pretty much John Carradine's, you know, that's what he's going to be in. Um, They got the, uh, one guy, uh, Jerry Orbach. Um, most people will know him from uh, Law & Order. He's one of the main detectives in, in the regular Law & Order series. He's probably in SVU also. I just can't remember if it's in both. Um, it's got a very young Christopher Walken in it, which is a fucking awesome cameo. If you don't, if you're not really paying attention to the credits and you don't see him and then you're watching the movie and all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck is that Christopher Walken? (laughs) Yeah. Christopher Uh, Walken in his less scarier days. Yeah. (laughs) Tom Berenger has a cameo in this, uh, from, uh, he's in major league and the sniper movies and the substitute. Um, some other character actors that are in it. Uh, William Hickey, who plays the grandpa on Christmas Vacation. Beverly um, D'Angelo's in it as well. Yep, Beverly D'Angelo's in it. Uh, Jeff Goldblum has a nice part as a photographer. So, I mean, like, the the amount of people that are in this movie, you're like, what the fuck is going on? I can't believe there's such, like, a phenomenal cast in this thing. Um, oh, and, of course, Burgess Meredith. Uh, he, he's got a nice beefy role in it as well. So... Um, the whole plot is essentially that Chris Sarandon wants to marry, uh, this girl and she's like, no, I don't want to get married. Uh, you know, I want to be single for a little bit for whatever reason. And so she goes out and find, she's looking for an apartment, can't find an apartment, can't find an apartment, finds this like huge, gorgeous apartment for like less than it should be. Of course, something sketchy. And uh, so she moves in there. And she starts meeting some of her neighbors, and they're all, like, creepy weirdos. Burgess Meredith is this, like, flamboyant psychopath. And he's, you know, he he's hosting dinner parties for cats and stuff. I'm like, all right, this sounds like a scene I could get into. <laughs> and then um, uh, Beverly D'Angelo is a lesbian who lives with uh, her lesbian lover. And she's, like, super sexual, and she's, like, fingering herself in front of this girl at one point. And you're like, what the fuck? This movie's fucking crazy. And essentially, the girl starts having, like, a psychotic breakdown. At one point, she finds out that nobody lives in the building besides her and creepy John Carradine priest upstairs. So none of these people are, like, real. And she's like, no, but I've been there. I've met them. I've, you know, so-and-so said this, and they do this. And the and the, the cops start investigating because she's, like, losing her shit. And uh, they find out that the people she's describing are actually, like, psychopaths that, like, uh, died, like, decades ago that were murdering people and stuff um and it it all kind of 
spins out into this crazy, crazy thing. She, she starts, like, realizing that she's going to try to go back to church, and she goes back to her Catholic church, and the priest that's there isn't the normal priest, it's somebody else, but the, the regular priest is like, I don't know who you're talking about, I've never seen that guy. And it's all like this big conspiracy thing of the church keeping this building in check, because it turns out this building is a gateway to hell. And if they don't have someone to protect the gateway to hell, hell can spill forth into the earth if, you know, certain conditions are met. So that's essentially what John Carradine was doing. He sits up the entire movie in a window, staring out the window. He's a blind priest, and he's the protector of the gateway for hell, the sentinel. And, um, I mean, I don't want to spoil it too much, but, you know, it's they're sort of grooming the girl to become the next sentinel. Um but it's real fucking awesome. The end scene is probably the most famous part of the movie. Uh, when they have the gates of hell are spilling open and all these like dead people and stuff are, you know, whatever, either returning to life or they're like attacking the girl. And uh, they're trying to get her to kill herself because if she kills herself, then there will be no sentinel and then the gates of hell could spill open. And they use a lot of like, um, I guess, sideshow freaks. And, like, people with all kinds of crazy medical conditions, like, you know, huge growths on their body and, like, missing limbs and all these other things. And they use, like, all these real people um, to, to play the, like, the minions of hell, essentially. And it's, like, it's real creepy scene. And Burgess Meredith is right in the middle of them, like, come on, child, just come with me. Kill yourself. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> That's fucking weird. I never saw Mickey like that. Um, but it's it's a fucking great movie. Great acting. And it's, despite being that sort of, like, um, I guess, artsy, end-of-the-world type stuff, it's pretty easy to follow, too. It's, it's like, one of the easier ones of all those types of movies, I think. Um, but it's, it's definitely worth checking out, and I think more people should watch it. So, that's what I got. What do you think of that one, Mike? I've seen it one time, and the only thing I remember is John Carradine's character. Um, it's been a couple of years since I watched it, but I remember yeah. liking it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's it's real weird. Uh, and, and the cameos are worth watching yeah. in it, too. Shane, have you seen uh, The Sentinel? Um, no, I haven't, actually. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, 77? <laughs> 77, you were like, what, 20 then, Shane? Three cheeky cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's old enough to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's worth checking out just to see the cast. It's interesting seeing everybody, like all these famous actors that are super young. Like even Chris Sarandon. He, he looks so much different in this than he did in Fright Night. It's You're like, oh, wow, he looks like a fucking little baby. See, the thing is, Chris Sarandon, he's like pushing 70 now, isn't he? He's like oh, 75. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off, really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize he was that old. Well, now that you think about that, how old's Beverly D'Angelo? Yeah. Good point. Like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, and she's also naked in this, so that you get that as well. Oh, that's a winner. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking for what? She, oh, she was in Christmas Vacation too, now that I think about it, because she played Clark Griswold's uh, wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Movie connections. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy links. So yeah, that's what's pretty good. Uh you guys got anything else you want to talk about? Actually, I did post I did put something on um Instagram about the podcast this afternoon. 
Oh um, yeah, I forgot. I, I put something on Facebook. I forgot to check yeah. it. And um, basically, there are, I've got three, well, four responses. Um, one from Doom Daddy SVT. He voted for um, The Final Terror as uh, one of his favorite lesser known movies. Yep. Um, Big Fat Ogre um, said uh, Pieces of Talent. I've not heard of that one. Um, yeah, Metal I think Lounge. I've heard of it. Yeah, Metal Lounge said Satan's Blood from 1977. And um, Liam Cobain Crawshaw posted, don't know how lesser known they are, but Deadly Spawn, Invaders from Mars, and Paper House <laughs> spring to mind. That's Deadly Spawn like, people should watch every week for the rest that, of their life. That sounded like, I think all of those movies were Mike Whittemore selections <laughs> for various <laughs> movies, that last one. God, I love Deadly Spawn. <laughs> I remember I once told somebody, I'm like, hey, it's like a strong 8 out of 10, and they just like laughed at me. <laughs> like, I love that movie. It's so stupid. But I tried I tried watching the final terror the other day and I couldn't see the movie. Like it's so damn dark. It's, it is very dark. And I, I watched it on Prime and I had to turn my TV the brightness up a little, but even still I was like, I don't even know what the hell I'm looking at half the time. I thought my enjoyment on it went down a lot because I couldn't fucking see it. Yeah, I actually I'm not a huge fan of the Final Terror. Um, I've tried watching it multiple times, and I don't know that I made it all the way through. I don't think I've ever seen it. To be fair, yeah, it, it's okay. It's a slow movie. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it another shot again sometime. So I essentially posted the same kind of thing on the UHM fans group. I only got a couple of responses. Uh, Andrew Gilliland, Gilliland. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, he says Wild Zero, which I actually haven't seen. Have you guys seen that one? No. Nope. Nope. Well, I guess we're out on that. And uh, our buddy Sean Mullaney said uh, Versus, the Japanese kung fu zombie <laughs> movie. Oh, that, <laughs> mo- that movie is insane. It, really it is, is absolutely insane. I've only seen that yeah. one time, and I think it was like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm about to say with you on that one, Mike. Yeah, I got to watch no. that again. I bought it, and then it got stolen from my collection. <laughs> what I remember most about that movie is it's it's like an anime brought to life. It's like a yeah. live-action anime. It's so fucking nuts. That movie is batshit insane. It really is. It's just almost as crazy as um, Hardcore Henry, I think. I still gotta watch that. Hardcore Henry. Henry. Oh, 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 oh. Hardcore yeah. Henry. Hardcore Henry is a film that came out a couple of years ago. Um, it's That's the first person shooter one. The first yeah, person one, right? Yeah. Seriously, that movie, you can't look away from watching it because it's so intense and it's so in your face and it doesn't let up. You have to watch it all the time. You have to keep watching it because there's so much shit going on. And I don't know. I, I still feel I still feel like I'd be nauseous watching that thing from a first person well, uh, view. I, I did to begin with, but it's just fucking insane it's good but it's insane it really is is it like um like one of the crank movies it's better really it's, it's more violent it's That's a, lot a bold more, statement yeah it's a lot more well the crank movies are shit um, are you kidding me no, first crank is good but then the second one i thought was awful dude the second one is so good he starts godzilla fighting the guy in the fucking electrical yard Nah, that's so <laughs> he's got he's got a giant Jason Statham head, like it's like a big foam fucking head. <laughs> nah, that movie did fucking suck. Nah, Hardcore Henry is just 
it's it's awesome, but it's just insane. It really is. It doesn't let up at all. It's I've been constant. meaning to watch that. Yeah, yeah. I watched it when it first came out, and I was just, I was like, "What the actual fuck is going on? This is crazy." And then I got to the end of it, and I was like, "Wow!" I was glad it was over because it's. I don't think I could have coped with it visually any longer than it is. <laughs> but it was, it was brilliant. Really well done. All right, we'll have to, we'll have to keep that under consideration. Hmm. Thank you. So yeah, that's it for now. I'm sure we could come up with you know gobs and gobs of these uh, types of movies that people don't talk about enough and maybe should. Yeah, we'll have to compile a list. Almost like the list that we were supposed to be making on the uh, podcast ideas list. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the one that I keep failing to look at because I'm fucking so (laughs) slack. (laughs) <laughs> I'll send you another link, Shane, and you can oh, it again. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Fucking hell. So, yeah, that should just about wrap it up, I think. Yeah. Um. So, again, you guys can catch us. If you want to send us an email with suggestions or comments or whatever, hit us on uh, allyouneedisbloodpod at gmail.com or on our Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. Uh, I'm on the Instagram uh, all you need is blood, at All You Need Is Blood Pod. And on Twitter, I'm at Ryan Tudelo. Shane? Oh, yeah. Um, on, you can find me on the Facebook groups. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Dead Cell Society 74. You can find me on the Twitters, Dead Cell Society. Um, and majority of the time, you can find me on the toilet. But I don't recommend it, you know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's only if you feel a fart coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I am over 40 and I am pushing it. (laughs) (laughs) I am, um, I'm on the Facebook groups. Uh, I'm on Instagram under uh, the Whittemore or just Whittemore or something. Yeah, yeah, just Whittemore. And uh, I'm still doing my 365 Days of Horror. It's on IMDb. So I link that occasionally. And, um, yeah, that's about it for me. Awesome. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, tell your friends to listen, because that's what a good friend does. Yeah. Is expose them to us. Yeah, apparently. And uh, I guess so we'll see you guys next time. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thanks.